And those things that did work are the things I'm going to share with you today. Your permission is left to raise your standards and live an even more amazing life. Now, if you're feeling like that's way out of the ball game and you're really suffering with like pain and body guilt, shame, anxiety, depression, like these emotions run a lot of people's lives and that's not by accident. Our culture is set up to keep us in those emotions because it's easier to control people when they're in those emotions. But if you're on an awakening journey, you have recognized that those are there. You have taken the most crucial step to get out of that, which is to become aware that it's actually happening. Get stuck at like 30. I got, I've got to 35, and I'm like, but it's because wow. like I teach mindset, and that's our imagination. And unfortunately, most people shut off their imagination in grade one, so we don't dream. And uh, when you think of the dreamers, they are the world changers. Like you think of Edison and Einstein, the Wright brothers, they had a dream, so they had no problem using their imagination. And it's interesting how we start dreaming, and we're like, oh my god, like, especially when you get up to you know, 60 or 100, and then you're like, oh my God, oh my God, why can't I dream it be bigger, right? Um, but there's a lot of beliefs that hold us back, right? Who do you think you are? You can't do that. You know, like, that's what comes up for a lot of people. Yeah. And just to share with you, I was super inspired because I'm with Bob, of course, twice a week. Um, yeah. I'm very close with Bob Proctor, as you know, working with him all the time. And he said, you know, the problem is when you're going after a big goal, and I did a live on my live page kind of around this, yeah, is that as soon as you decide you're going to go after something really big and you're going to start dreaming is you don't know how to do it. So you stop. Mm. And that's your paradigm. And that's what I work with. That's taking you sideways because that's the programming. Right. Mm -hmm. But he says, think about it. You know, no one knew how to climb Mount Everest. No one knew how to get a mountain to the moon. No one knew how to take and put airplanes in the sky. No one knew how to create this crazy little phone that we all have, right? <laughs> you don't know how and how is irrelevant. It's, mm -hmm. it's a, you've just got to start moving towards what you want. You've got to start dreaming because you won't know how to do a thing till you actually do it. <laughs> but like, you know, like, so I did a lot. I go live on my live page every day to sharing little golden nuggets. So I shared that yesterday. I thought, I mean, I work with this material, so a lot of it's just like, yeah, like I totally get it. But for, you know, it's like so good, right? It's like, well, yeah, we didn't know how to climb Mount Everest. They said it could never be done. Nobody could ever climb Mount Everest. I mean, everybody climbs Mount Everest now, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You just have to have a dream. And if I think about that in relation to imagination, you know, it's like the, the four minute mile is a great example too. Like nobody thought you could run a mile in four minutes. Somebody did it. All of a sudden other people can do it because they can imagine if somebody else did it, then I can do it. But to, to make that, that sort of imaginative cognitive leap to something totally different is um, really challenging for a lot of people. And, and it, especially well, really for the masses and yeah. we're seeing it right now. Yeah. Um, we're seeing it in money programming. We're seeing it in time programming. We're seeing incredibly weak mindset and a real lack mindset. There's a lot around victimhood, which really nobody's a victim. Um, so as you go down the rabbit hole and you understand the way the laws work and the way your mind works, you're like, oh, I'm creating all this. Isn't this wonderful? Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's just absolutely amazing. But we're all programmed. We're all genetically and environmentally programmed. And we're all operating out of that program. So, yeah. Right? Yeah, so I, I think, 
I'd love to hear your take on, you know, for moms who are on an awakening journey have have a little bit or some of this or even a lot of this under their belts already, um, you know, myself included and a lot of our listeners included. Let's say you, you have a fairly good understanding of it. Maybe things are manifesting in small ways or maybe in big ways. But how would you say, you know, if we could take some of those mindsets that you teach people and just raise children with them, how do we do that? Well, it's all about leadership, like a hundred percent. It's about leader and um, being a real leader. I think everybody is a leader in some capacity of their life, no matter what, whether you're a good leader or not is a whole other story. And that's like, you know, <laughs> for another time, yeah. but it's really about being a great, being an incredible leader. But in order to be an incredible leader, you first have to be an incredible follower. You know, do you have a coach? Do you have a mentor? Are you working with incredible material every day? By the way, that's the only way we change our mindset. It's, it's a habit. That's all a paradigm is it's a multitude of habits. So it's what we're doing every day because we're acting 96 to 98% of everything we do is just out of a habit. Mm -hmm. You know, you woke up this morning, Alina, you didn't think about what you were doing. You just probably brushed your teeth and did your morning routine. It's just out of habit. Yeah. And we're only conscious 2 to 4% of the time. And so, you know, as parents, I think that we have this moral obligation. I mean, I'm a parent. I've got a 10 and a 12-year-old. And it's really up to me to model what I want to see in the world. You know, Mahatma Gandhi said that. Like, be the change you want to be. Yeah. I think that parents, um, and especially like results always tell the truth. So if in your family dynamics, if with your children, again, your finances, relationship, your vocation, everything, if your results are not what you want, it's easy to project and think it's outside circumstances, especially at this time. Oh, it's the virus. It's 5G. It's, you know, there's all these, guess what? It's just the magic is going inside and doing that internal work. And what a gift we give our children is to do that necessary work that we have to do. And um, then it just tips into them. And that's, we're all genetically and environmentally programmed. So we're just passing our programming down to our kids. And so they are going to be our best teachers because they're going to drive us cuckoo, the racha, because they're going to mirror to us literally um, all the ways that we're living out of alignment, mm -hmm. all the ways that um, we're not living in alignment with those laws that govern us, where we have habits, you know, um, of uh, reacting instead of responding. And yeah. I would say the best. I have a great example. Pardon? I have a great example of that. It happened just a couple of days ago. It was like, we were going on a bike ride and my son is like, hasn't done any bike riding since last fall. His legs are like winter weary. And, and I'm like, come on, let's go. Come on, let's go. Like, what's up? Like pick on it. And, you know, it took about like 10 to 15 minutes of me doing that before I saw that like what I was doing wasn't working. It's causing him to get more upset, causing me to get more upset. And I was like, hold up. And I was like, where's this coming from? And I was like, oh, this is like my dad being like, Elena, seriously, just like get with it. And I was like, oh, okay. So I'm just passing. What did, we, what did we end up doing? I sent Dan back and he came back with a picnic and we sat on the side of the road and had a picnic for like 45 minutes. It's like, whoop, there goes our time, time frame, right? But just think it's a really great example of like being on somebody else's agenda running a story yeah it is and what a great way to course correct and just catch yourself yeah and you know i think that's the thing as parents is we're often beating up on ourselves 
you know, it, there's really magic in doing that internal work. Because as we get older, you know, we always say, I'll never be like my mom. I'll never be like my dad. And then all of a sudden, you're exactly with your example. We're acting exactly like them. Yeah. And, you know, you know, I just think of like anybody, and even I'd get you to think of that, anybody who you really admire, anyone who really has shown up in your life as a leader. Well, how did, you know, they make you feel and how did they show up? And there's a very good chance that they had a mentor, that they had a coach in their life of some sort. And um, so I do feel that, you know, as parents, especially the way the world is now, and I think a lot like of, you know, mamas, like it's like, yeah, like, you know, we're raising kids, we're, you know, we're breastfeeding, making homemade meals, we're like running out the door, working, climbing the corporate ladder. I mean, women and mothers and parents, like we need support. We all need support. Yeah. And, and um, that actually is strength. I think a lot of people, when they have to, they think, oh, oh my gosh, it's asking for help. That's weak. That's part of the paradigm. The truth is when you ask for help and you find an incredible mentor or coach, um, that is actually strength. What a gift you're giving to your family, to your, to your partner, to your children. And um, this is how, you know, this is how you're going to be able to get better results in your life and actually be able to help your children. And I'll just share like one practice. Um, that was shared with me. Of course, I've got many years of vibrational and holistic healing and conscious parenting. And, um, you know, it's like, don't tell your kids what to do. Too many of us as parents, we were programmed to tell our kids, like, you know, they, we were told what to do. So we just tell our kids what to do. Mm -hmm. That is probably one of the worst things we can do because mm -hmm. our kids, they don't want to be told what to do. We just want to plant seeds, lead again, leadership, we want to lead by example. And we want to ask questions. We really want to, you know, ask questions. If you want to get better results in your life, especially with your kids, and depending, you know, what situation you're in, is you really want to find out what does that child really want? That's what I do with clients. Mm. If they're in a bad place, you know, this came up with a parent recently who has a very angry 18 year old. Well, that 18 year old is just acting out of a program again. And it's, mm -hmm. um, it's a tough situation. It's a very tough situation because it's been happening for a long time, whatever's been going on within that family. But you got to find out like, what do your kids want? What does that teen want? Like what is he really, or she really, really, really want? And then you got to help them find a way to get there. And that's the best way to help your kids. Mm -hmm. Ask them questions, you know, get interested in them. You know, when I, I actually have my son working with the work that I teach and mentor with Bob, because my, my husband and I both are working with this material, and of course I teach and mentor. And my son came to me at Christmas and said, Mom, I want to be the world's, um, what is it called? The world's youngest long, uh, long endurance racer, like Formula One and all that, right? So I, I have always focused on letting my kids dream and asking them questions. He says, I want to work with you because I'm ready. I want to be the world's youngest Formula One driver or long, long, endurance, long endurance driver. And so I talked to Bob about it. I said, Bob, he's 12. Like he wants to start working with this material. What do you think? Bob says, awesome. He says, the only, the only thing though, you do, you do not treat him like a child. 
Hmm. You do, you treat him no different than anybody else on your calls, anybody else that you're coaching. So the problem with parents is they treat their children like children and they're actually spiritual beings. Hmm. I thought that was such great advice because how often are we thinking they, they know less or, you know, they're just, I don't know. We, we tend to do that. Right. And I thought that was such great advice. They don't know how they're not capable. They don't understand things, whatever, all these, all these stories, which are really stories that have been passed down. Yeah, hundred percent. And again, it's just that programming because we're all operating out of the programming, right? Depending. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it would be great to think we all had this kind of white picket fence, um, incredible upbringing with the, the, the best parents in the world. And there are people out there. My best friend has those kind of parents, but there's still programming there, right? But most of us didn't have that kind of parenting. So we're going to be acting out of that programming. And not only that, the, um, the, the mental subconscious uh, program, it goes back like even seven generations. Like this is science. So many of the things you do, you might be like, why did I just do that or say that? That could be from like a sixth generation grandmother or grandfather, even with why we manifest certain disease processes, right? Mm-hmm. So it's quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm just thinking about your son being uh, like 12 years old and wanting to be a car driver. That's like several years before most children learn how to drive. And like, there's so many, there's so many hows in that, that um, like, so how, again it was like how well and it wasn't something i'll just share with you because first of all there's a few factors it's a very dangerous sport (laughs) it's a very costly sport and so because of course i work with the world leader in human potential my son started talking about this a couple years ago and i've never shared with him any of the material that i teach i just show up as the leader right (laughs) that's what you do and um so i realized well what did all how did all Formula One drivers start or these long endurance um, drivers start? And well, they are all professional go-karters. So I found a local go-kart association last year here. And I thought, well, before we spend this money and of course, you know, two kids flipped their cars and my background's physical therapy too. So I was like, oh my God, the neck. Oh my God. You know, so I was kind of like, again, this isn't, it's not that you're going to be comfortable, but your child (laughs) is with their own stuff you gotta let them explore and dream and can you imagine what your life would have been like if your parents would have really supported encouraged your dreams whatever those were because most of us shut off our ability to dream in grade one just so you know yeah and we start to become what we think the people around us want us to be and this includes the kind of work we go into we're doing it for other people instead of ourselves so I've been telling my kids since I was more aware, you know, you can do anything you want, whatever you want. And Kingston said he wanted to do this. And so he went out for his first race. We borrowed a car, let him just do a race. And he came in first. And all these kids have been racing together since they were five. And we had like parents like, oh my God, he's a crack shot. How many years he's been racing? We're like, he's not even been in a race car. And by the way, I do Wilder with my children. So we don't do electronics. So it's not like he's been sitting on video games. Yeah. Um, we're now just introducing them this year wow. to let him race, yeah. but he'd never had that skill set. Wow. So we were like, okay, there's something. And he actually won the whole, um, he won the whole BC thing here last year. So wow. how does, I mean, right. And yeah. yeah, it is a dangerous sport, but it's none of my business. It's what he wants to do. 
they do take safety precaution and do certain things, but it's up to him. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, what, what trust to, from you to like, well, he's his own being, let him, let him do that. And, and looking at him as an adult, as you're teaching him sort of these mindset things and how his subconscious works and, but then also to show up first in his first race, like obviously there's some things that are working there already. Yeah. And it's like, it's again, our children, you know, just like us, they come in with all their own stuff and our job really as parents, um, I feel is to just guide them to plant those seeds. Right. Mm -hmm. And again, just to, to be what we want to see. If we want our children to respect other people and to be loving and to be caring, well, how am I showing up? Mm -hmm. And when our children are acting out, they're usually acting out energy that they're sensitive to. Maybe the parents aren't getting along. I noticed that like, you know, my husband and I, we used to do this where if we were upset, you know, when you're upset at each other and you're just kind of under your breath, like, mm, you know, but you're not talking about it out loud. Well, then you, you notice that in your children. Like I do energy work. It's like, okay, well, our children are beating up on each other because we want to like beat up on each other right now, right? Yeah. So instead it, having really open honest lines of communication like we do that and we just say this has nothing to do with you guys this is to do with mom and dad just like when you have disagreements with your friends and you will have disagreements we're just not in a great space we need to go to our room for a while we need to work this out because i think that's the thing is uh, children just want to make their parents happy they just want to be, be, be loved, be accepted. And in many ways, they feel responsible for their parents' happiness, just like you and I would have. And so that's a heavy burden for a child to carry, especially if there's a lot of tumultuous energy or stress um, or circumstances that are out of, which often happens in most families. Those children will often think it's their responsibility in some way um, that, you know, they're not, that, you know, they're not, there's going to be a belief form there, right? Like, oh, I'm, you know, my parents don't love me or they don't care about me or it's my fault. You know, we all come from this, all of us. Yeah. So I think it's about just being really open and honest as best we can. And we're parents. I mean, we're not perfect. <laughs> we didn't come with a manual, right? And I think parents are too hard on themselves. But I think the most important thing is that parents, um, especially if you're on the self-development, like you said, and you're kind of starting to get interested, you know, work with incredible material, work with an incredible coach, get the support you need. Uh, Self-care. I'm an Ayurvedic coach as well. It's like, take care of yourself. I get up two hours before my children every single morning. <laughs> I did my first cold, cold plunge today. It was friggin' cold. It's like, <laughs> I get up at 5 a.m. My children are always getting up for school you know, and it's like, I, that self-care time is really important. You know, I meditate, I do my practices. Now, a lot of parents, um, you know, if you're not making self-care priority, you're going to feel horrible and you're going to show up in a horrible way. And then everybody's going to suffer, especially at this time. Like I'm working, I'm homeschooling, right. Uh, You know, cooking meals and everything. Everyone's in this kind of time of being together self-care has to be your priority or everybody's gonna suffer Mm -hmm. and there's this Chinese saying like they say um, 
that, you know, if mama's happy, everybody's going to be happy. So I think as women, I think as mothers, I really believe that it's our responsibility to get the help and the support and um, do what is necessary to take care of us. Too many mothers put their children ahead of them. Mm-hmm. And they think they're doing their children all this good by, you know, everything about the child, even putting extra money into the children and sporting events and stuff. When they're doing a huge disservice, they'd be better off to get the extra support themselves and to be more present with their children and show up in a more loving and calm way mm-hmm. than to overextend, which is, again, it's just a habit. It's just yeah. a paradigm. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And when we're overextending like that, what are we role modeling? We're role modeling, oh, it's normal to be overextended. It's normal to be short and frustrated and angry. It's normal to, um, you know, be rushing all the time. I think about like, I, I never soccer momed because it just seemed like crazy to me. I was like, oh my God, like, can't, like, it's not going to happen because I, I didn't want to do that to myself more than anything else. Um, same with school. Or you, can do, or you can do what I do, because of course we do a Waldorf method, which is all like kind of like being with the earth and it's just a totally different school method, um, which is combined with BC curriculum here. But like with soccer, which we do do, every coach, everyone knows like, yeah, we're, we're part of it, but we, we don't sacrifice like our family time and mm-hmm. um, we don't overextend, right? Because like Kingston especially is quite athletic. Our daughter's more artsy fartsy music he's athletic so he made all the extra specialty teams and we didn't sign them up mm. we, we weren't we were more interested in just him being active and if that's his dream then of course we'd put more time and energy into it but it's not his big dream so he just likes to play and so we just support and make it fun if it's not fun stop doing it right, right. if it's not fun and you're stressed out and you're just eating in the car all the time and you don't have the you're you're stretched with your finances again or you're sacrificing your finances for your children lots of people do this with sports like hockey's Hmm. a big one where they're putting all this time and money and they're feeling depleted i mean you do your child a disservice put the money into you take care of you get the support you you need and you are going to be able to show up a better way your children are only young for a short amount of time anyways Mm -hmm. they really to me it's like the foundation of a house it's like when they're younger you want to have that really nourished um, loving safe foundation Um, so that when they are like this 19 year old you know that I'm you know I had a parent come to me that's very angry and we know the world you know is different now there's a lot of drugs there's a lot of things that they can be exposed to. You want to have your children so when they do get older, they know they can come to you. There's that safe foundation. They know you're solid, mm. right? You're not just like a spasm all over the place. You're like solid. You you have modeled self-care and self-love. I think that is absolutely a must, especially today in the world we're living in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, can we talk a little bit about the, the Waldorf that you're doing? Like I'm familiar with Waldorf schools, but I don't know a lot about them. And you said you're, I know screen time I, specifically, I'd love to talk about that because that's something yeah. that a lot of the parents who, who listen to the podcast struggle with is like screen time boundaries. And to hear you say, well, we just have, we're introducing that now at 12, like alongside like yeah. our racing and my brain is like, oh, like yeah. your, your mindset on that. 
Well, because my background with energy and vibrational medicine, I've been a yoga and meditation teacher since 2003. I went kind of down the rabbit hole when I decided to get pregnant and I was following the prophets conference. So it was like Mayan grandmothers and happy prophets. And I went to an incredible event at Simon Fraser University and they were talking a lot about the world we were living in and how we are so unplugged from the earth and, and a way of living that was in harmony and balance with who we were and that children definitely were suffering and there's a disconnect. And I think we feel that. And it's partially because parents are so busy and the world has got busier. So I have empathy, there's no judgment. But one thing that really stood out, they kept talking about a new method of, a new schooling method instead of, you know, again, just kind of this like hustle and bustle and that and it was Waldorf, which really keeps kids connected to their hearts. And it totally aligned because to me, it was like, oh, that's like yoga for kids. How awesome is that, right? I was, mm -hmm. So I checked into the preschool when my kids were really little and it was actually cheaper than regular preschool here mm -hmm. in Kelowna where I live. And so I started them off with baby and taught and then did preschool. And then my husband and I just made the decision to send them to the Waldorf school. We were like, hey, we just have to sacrifice one trip a year. We'll get them to Waldorf because we want to do this. Turns out BC actually has the less expensive Waldorf schools. Hmm. Um, I think Ontario is the highest, depending where your, your viewers are. Yeah. Um, but I loved it. So, you know, by the time my children were in grade two, they were like, you know, milling grain and making bread and, you know, doing basic things. Cause even like Harvard put a thing out that said that like an average grade 12 now doesn't like someone who comes out of school after, you know, graduating from grade 12, they don't know how to make themselves a meal. And I really loved that. It was just so much about, it was like, I didn't want to be a homeschool teacher, but it was nice that I had, it was like that motherly grandmother energy. They go out and, you know, I'm just thinking like my children, they learned how to do their times tables and adding through knitting a lot of bread gym because I have a lot of training on that right yeah. German Spanish so it's the the theory with Waldorf is learning through play and movement so sitting sitting at a desk all day with a fluorescent light which is not healthy and not a great environment to learn in the children are using their bodies they're moving they're singing they're dancing they're working with the earth they do organic biodynamic farming basic skill stuff too that we kind of don't do anymore but they ask you that you don't basically after you, you know you send them to school they don't send them home and put them on a, a video game or tv so we made that decision and we actually got rid of tv in our house so we didn't have the habit mm -hmm. so habit especially in my family it was like even eating while you watch tv mm -hmm. which is a really bad habit by the way ladies because that just turns into fat because you're not conscious the eating and you're just eating yeah. right yeah, and so, and oh, there's totally, it's so, like, it's so good. So we just made that decision. Now we do movies and stuff and we've slowly, you know, introduced a little bit of that later on. Um, just so you know, my kids do watch movies. That's why you didn't know that. Uh, yeah. But the school just asked that we be really mindful at least to grade eight. Yeah. And um, so, you know, we just have, I guess we just made a decision that when our kids were at home, we would do things like the school asked, like we would play games, we'd go for nature walks. And guess what, guys, kids need to be bored. You know, we don't need, there's just so, we're, we are overstimulated. Our mm -hmm. children are overstimulated. 
And if you understand the development of the brain in a young child, they are just acting out of everything that's coming at them, you know? So, you know, you want to only introduce that young mind to really high vibe, good stuff. And when you look at a lot of the stuff that's on TV or these video games, by the way, there was over 900 school shootings in North America last year. They have linked almost all those to some sort of video gaming. Did you know that? No, I didn't know it was 900. That's obscene. Well, yeah, that, it was that, nine. It was nine. I think it was over a thousand in the end, but there was that one really bad last one. And the last number I heard was like 990 something. But uh, many, many of those. They have totally linked, and this just happened in Saskatchewan, unfortunately. A really bad thing just happened again, but my sister's a, you know, works in that area, so sometimes I hear about different things, but it's, the, it's some of the, these horrible video games. I mean, they're teaching children how to basically kill other beings and beat them up, and it's, you know, yeah. it, you know if it's, I don't know, Ro I've heard of Roblox or Minecraft, things like that aren't so bad, right? So, and I get parents are busy and sometimes we use these as babysitters and I get it, but I think we want to be really mindful. I have two cases where I had parents, the children were being diagnosed with um, like learning disabilities and hyperactivity and the parents brought the children to me because I've done energy work. Mm -hmm. That's what parents usually do kind of last resort. And once we got down to it, and we got rid of the sugar. Sugar was a big one in their diet. They were having too much sugar. Those children were spending, I forget, the one was like four hours of video gaming a day. The other one was seven. And I think that sometimes, you know, parents are just busy. And look at how easy, I don't know about you, but I go on the computer, you go on some, you know, social media, and then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, that was an hour, like gone, or two hours. Yeah. So it's the same thing. For your children and whatever they're being exposed to especially with the young mind they are going to act that out of habit because that's what you do it's what you're being exposed to all the time right so we want to be mindful of what is that and if your children are watching tv programs you want them to kind of be more like real life instead of like lights flashing and especially with babies and and um young children, you know, you think of Mr. Dress Up. That's actually a really great show because it shows that, well, this is routine in our day and this is what we do. You know, you think of some of the better quality shows than um, some of these, I don't know, I, I don't even know because I don't even watch them, but I've heard of some of these kind of programs where, again, there's just a lot of kind of uh, reality soap opera things with kids and, yeah. and fighting and just things that are just not healthy for kids. You know, you think of that, they're going to be acting out of that. So what are they taking in all day? And is that healthy for them? Yeah. 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 I mean, I've thought about it myself in terms of uh, like unprogramming, you know, or like, like changing yeah. the programming because, because the NLP work that I'm doing and the brain training tracks that I've created, it's like, yeah, I recognize that my mom made a decision to not have TV in our household until I was about 10. And then, oh, wow, I, didn't, I just connected that that's a thing. That I also was so awesome. um, and then we went crazy with it for about two or three years and she was like that's enough and like just cut it off and turned it out but that means that I have literally like thousands of hours less commercials less um, social like like cultural stereotypes 
like soap operas, like this is how men and women are together, like soap operas. And you're like, uh, yeah, in bad situations, but like in good situations, they're totally different. They're really lovely. Um, so just recognizing, like looking at my own story. Well, not that subconscious, yeah, subconscious programming. Like even when you look at commercials, like they're constantly targeting your children, just so you know. So if your yeah. children are just watching mindful TV, that's, I mean, my children, because of course we have grandparents, my children are exposed to TV, but all of a sudden they'll come home and my daughter will be like, I need this doll because anybody who's like, anybody has this doll or this is where their self image comes from too, right? Because they start seeing this and then they start, they bring this in. So, so it's not like they're, it's, it's okay to be exposed, but if they're on these devices and TV all the time, you know, there's a good chance, uh, you know, I don't know. I've noticed this with my son because of course we've just started to give him more flexibility being that he's 12. But if he's been watching TV or on one of his race games, cause he's, he's actually got an assimilator for racing cause we're actually helping him move in that direction. If he's on it too long, his brain gets too wound up. Like children, the way that children develop naturally and, and healthy and it's healthy development is they need to move and play. Mm. And when they have something coming at them all the time, but they're sitting still, that and there's still energy there. And so you might notice after your child spent some time on a video game or TV that they're very reactive, mm. which means they're acting at a lower mental faculties. It means that they're being controlled by whatever was outside of them. And um, their brain is an operating right. So this is where, and two, what are you setting your child up for? Because these are all stimulants. Mm -hmm. And then we look at the world. Like when I was younger, you know, to be a rebel was to drink beer. Wow, right? I'm going to drink beer. Well, guess what, guys? I see so many um, people now. We're talking uh, young. Actually, I've had someone as young as 10 which is really sad, but, um, you know, tends to be more kind of in the upper teens and young adults, you know, in their twenties, 25. Well, again, there's these gateways. So then all of a sudden you've got these kids, they try cocaine for the first time. What a stimulant. They're so used to being stimulated all the time. Right. They're done. They're addicted. They try crack or meth. The big thing is meth right now in young teens. I think uh, it, your chances of being addicted for life is if you try it like one time. So you want to think about that. We want our kids to be bored. We want them to be in nature, which only mirrors their natural state. You know, getting them outside, playing with them, playing board games, being together as a family, eating meals together, preparing. My daughter right now is making peach pie with grandma upstairs for her Waldorf because she has to bake every day at a certain time. So I was just up there visiting with them, telling them I was coming down to see you. And, um, you know, we want to do that because that's, that's healthy for them. And, you know, my children say it too, they're like, I'm bored, I'm bored. I say, well, that's good. Being bored is really good. Hmm. So you want them to be okay with being bored. They don't need to be stimulated all the time. I mean, that's like, that's the problem with most parents. Most hmm. parents, need to be stimulated all the time. Mm -hmm. Leadership. Yeah. yeah. So if we're looking to make that kind of change within ourselves, like for example, my son was on screens for, I'm going to, I'm going to say this out loud, like 12 hours a day for probably about a year. Yeah. Um, because I was yeah. parenting and I was working and then I get distracted and then I need time to decompress and then oh, the whole day went by and he's like, you know, so I made that shift. Yeah. 
Um, what are, you know, you said when we, before we started talking, it was like some of the things that you help people with are getting unstuck. So if somebody's stuck in a pattern, something similar like that, and they're listening to this and they go, oh gosh, like I really want that, but I don't know how to do that from inside yeah. myself. How do they go about making that kind of shift? Well, I think, and first of all, thanks for your vulnerability and sharing, because this is like many parents, right? And when I share, I'm not a perfect parent, by the way. It's just that I spent my life in self-development. So I'm always seeking out ways. So it's just part of my nature. But I also came from a totally, if you knew where I came from, you'd be like, wow, that's amazing. Um, well, I would say that. Dedicated to personal development usually came from a pretty effed up situation. Like Tony's got a yeah, story. Yeah, pretty, I'm pretty sure effed your background is you got your own yeah so I guess for me personally as a parent like I was actually scared to have kids because I was maybe some of you can relate I was like I'm gonna screw up these kids so I made a decision when I was gonna have kids that I was gonna develop myself and do everything I could to work on my internal to work on those paradigms mm -hmm. so I think half the battle first of all is recognizing and just admitting it and being like I need support and having the awareness that I got to do better. I got to show up better. And I really believe it's like success and failure. It always trickles from the top, not from the bottom. Mm. It's easy to project onto our kids, but our kids are just, they're just acting out of a program. That's all they're doing. And if we don't do our internal work, they just take the program and they, they run with it. That's mm. what we did too. Mm -hmm. so I'd say the, the, awareness is key and then I would say um making a commitment I mean making a decision the hardest thing any of us do and most people can't do is make a decision make a decision that you're going to develop yourself right reach out um you know you could reach uh, someone that you look up to you could reach out to you know Alina you could reach out to me just reach out and you know I'd be happy to give you some suggestions and some thoughts and moving forward mm -hmm. but I think it's like anything first of all you've got to you can only work with one or two programs or one or two habits at a time and it's the same thing with your children so if you get a child that's completely addicted to candy addicted to you know has a shitty diet addicted to stimulant like through the tv and video gaming um like First of all, you got to find out what that child, what me, even the parent, what do you, what do you really, really want? And you want to get them dreaming. So, because once you find out what the child wants and you can find a way to help them get that. So maybe for the child, maybe it's a young child and they are, they're too much candy, their diet's crap, or it's too much. Maybe what they really want is new bike. I'm just going to throw that out. There's something kind of easy peasy as a parent to help a parent. Yeah. Well, then this is where, you know, you would work on that habit and replace the unhealthy habit with something that's healthier. So maybe as a parent, this is where we do have to step it up. You mm -hmm. know, our children are sharing our crap. So maybe, you know, you make a deal with them that you cut down the 12 hours to, I don't know, one hour. I don't, I don't know if that'd be cutting it down too much. Never you know, that you make a deal with them. And then during that other time, you just take a half hour, 15 minutes and you go for a walk with them or you play with them or a bike ride that you do something. And yes, parents, we had these kids. Like we made a decision to have the kids. 
So why not put a little bit of effort and uh, invest in them? Yeah. I do believe it's the best investment that we're ever going to make. And then I would say that the best way to help our children, like I have parents for years that would work. They just want to dump off their kids, mm. you know, whether it was a drug problem that child was going into, which is, which was, that's why I think I became even more conscious. I was like, oh my God, there's so much drugs. So I, I started investing more into my kids mm. um, and still giving them freedom. Cause again, you want them to make healthy choices. You don't want to tell them what to do. You want to find out what they want. And then you want to ask them questions, right? Um, so that's what I would suggest is for the parent to do. But then the best way to help your kids is for me or somebody that works with mindset success or works with the internal to work with you. Your mm -hmm. child is not the problem. Mm. I, it's so easy. It's just like right now. Oh, it's the virus. It's 5G. It's the government. It's my husband. <laughs> and I'm not taking away from any behaviors that are not healthy. I'm not saying it's okay, but you got to take responsibility. You got to do the work. This is the best way to help everybody that's around you. And when you do do that work, it's magic. It really is. Mm -hmm. I say magic because it's really amazing how your life starts to change. And it's not really magic because you've made a commitment and you start doing what you need to do and it just happens. It start, everything starts to shift. I would say like our results always tell the truth. So mm -hmm. take an honest look at the results that you're getting in your life. You know, mm -hmm. look at your relationship with your kids, look at your relationship with your husband, look at your finances, look at your ability to show up in your life, you know, your work, uh, your health, your fitness, those results are always telling you the truth about what's going on inside. And if you don't like what's showing up, you got to do something. To me, it's like easy peasy, just make a decision. But again, most people, Bob always says, my mentor, Bob Proctor, always says the hardest thing most people do is they got to make a decision. Most people can't make a decision. Mm -hmm. And it's easier to project, right? It's easier to project onto the child or again, onto the government or whatever. But we know that the blame game does no good. It doesn't do anything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we just end up stuck in the same spot, doing the same thing over again. Or if we haven't made the decision internally as well, like we can take action on the outside, but like it doesn't, it doesn't really change until you go, okay, let's, let's really make a change here. I'm committing to this change. Now you, you talked a little bit about, oh, go ahead. I was going to segue, but. Oh, I was going to say, I love what you just said, Alina, just listening to you. What you just said is like, you can focus on the outside, but it doesn't change. The thing is, is that's what everybody's trying to do, mm -hmm. right? It's just the way we're programmed again. So you think of like your mom and you've got a little too much extra, you know, layers of baby fat left over, right? It's like, you can go on a diet. You can deprive yourself of all those things you love. You can exercise till the cows are coming home and sure. Over time, you might lose some weight, but it's not. So the body is an instrument to the mind. So in our results, right? Everything's just showing you what's going on inside. Mm -hmm. so if the body is an instrument to the mind. You can focus all you want on the body or all you want on the results. But real change has to come from inside. So you might lose that weight, but then isn't it interesting how six months, a year down the, the road, you gain it back or you gain double. Mm -hmm. And it's because, again, 
we're working and we're operating out of this subconscious, this mental subconscious programming. And so, and you might be programmed, you know, many of our family that have come before us have gone through the dirty thirties or they've gone through times of war and times of, um, you know, where there was lots of poverty and not very much food. So you might be programmed to hold that extra weight as a way to protect and to get you through tough times because that's part of your genetic and environmental programming. Right. And then as as soon as there's stress, stress makes our body also we we eat crappy food because we'll go to sugar and fats because that's again operating out of flight because that's stress i don't know if you know this too but statistically um we're only supposed to be in fight or flight when we're being chased by a bear most people like as high as 90 some percent i think was one of the last stats i read are living in fight or flight all the time so of course your nervous system's going to be wound up you're not going to be able to think properly. You're going to naturally go to gravitate towards crappy foods and crappy habits. You're going to, um, you know, hold extra weight because again, that's the programming. So you want to do that internal work. And when you don't want to do it, it's when you need to do it. And, you know, being that we're talking about children a lot, well, look at what's going on with your children. Mm. If you're getting wonderful results in your life and you have an incredible relationship with your children and just life is awesome, awesome. You're doing some good work. If it's not, and I think many people are experiencing this, it's an opportunity. It's not bad or good or right or wrong. It's an opportunity to do your inner work. Be grateful and just do the work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And And when we do that inner work, like there's a possibility for, like you said, magic, like change, change to really happen right. on the outside. And, you know, uh, with, with the screen time thing that I mentioned, like we went from 12 hours a day to like three hours a day or less within about a month. Good for you. Boom. Awesome. You know, because I was like, wow, this really isn't working and this isn't how I want to be. And I might lose a relationship over it. And so not, not, it's unfortunate. It wasn't the relationship with my son. I was scared of losing. I'd already lost that or sort of like perceived to have lost that. Right. But I got my relationship with him back afterwards. And there was a reason for me to do it. It was like, there was motivation there to, to make the change. And so there's all sorts of things that can happen when you do make the decision. Um, I'd love to hear from you because you've coached. We we call that like, too, like it's really living from inside out. Um, We're all programmed to live from outside in. And Mm -hmm. this is, we're seeing this right now in a big way. We're seeing um, really weak mindsets. We're also seeing very lazy people and it's okay. It's just, again, we're, it's just the programming. And we're having this conscious reflection of the masses right now on this planet. So it's quite interesting, very interesting times, but there's a lot of opportunity right now. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, is that we're programmed to live from outside in. This is where we let outside circumstances control how we feel. Mm -hmm. Like this means you have no control over yourself in your mind. You want to live from inside out, meaning that you're in control of you and how you show up and how you feel. And what a better way to live, right? And then that's the thing, like, environment is but a looking glass. What's ever going on outside of you is a reflection of inside. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the more you're triggered by something, let's say your child or your spouse is doing or anything that's going on outside of you, it's just a reflection for internal. And because you work with NLP, which I've worked with a lot, you know that that's that subconscious stuff. Mm-hmm. That's the magic. You've got to do that work. 
-hmm. And the more you dive into it, you realize, wow, I just picked this up somewhere and I just basically have been running with it for years and it's something I don't want anymore. It's not working for me. Mm -hmm. It's not working for my children. And again, if you work with incredible material and if you, you know, get yourself an incredible coach, you'll be able to reprogram yourself for what you do want. It's not easy, but it's possible because that's the work I do. Um, and what a better way to help your children. And by the way, you can help your children at any age. I have retired, I have, uh, you know, retired uh, mothers and fathers that were, you know, the doctors or pharmacists and their children are all grown up and they're doing this work now and they're seeing the positive impact it's having on their grown up children. Mm-hmm. So how does that get any better? Mm-hmm. And it goes both ways too. It's better That's- and easier. Well, it, it, it gets, um, like I was just saying, it goes both ways too. It's like the consciousness work that I've done has dramatically impacted my parents and how they view the world now. And so they've actually really shifted how they look at things, their diets, their experiences of life based on the thing, a lot of the things that I've shared. So it's not just, it's not just a one-way system. You know, they, they talk about uh, seven generations forward and back and it's like, we're that middle generation and we're like touching both of them at the same time. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, you can impact everybody around you. Now, that was the thing, like even um, when you think, like I've done a couple leadership calls, uh, you know, just because I'm part of a best-selling, you know, kind of book platform. And um, I've been asked to speak on leadership at this time, you know, so I've talked around fourth dimensional leadership and leadership on uncertain times. And it truly is about that leadership thing, again, coming back to. And the thing with leaders is, they don't go out there just thinking they're going to change everybody. The, the a real leader is thinking, how can I do my internal work, mm. right? How can I show up as my best self? And there's a real difference between leadership and dictatorship. We have a lot of dictatorship on this planet, right? And that's not real leadership. And, and are you that kind of parent, right? You want to ask yourself, am I showing up as a real leader? Or am I a dictator? Mm-hmm. Well, I grew up with dictator parents because I grew up with, you know, mental health issues and addiction. So that was part of my programming. So I knew, well, this isn't going to work. You know, I rebelled it. You know, I think many, if you have that kind of parenting that you got, you would rebel it. Um, that's what we're programmed to do. It's like, do as I say, right? Not, not as I do. You know, you often hear that. But a real leader shows up as their best self. They're doing the internal work. They know when to follow and when to lead, right? They know how to ask really great questions. They leave you feeling always better off than the way that they found you. Like, can you imagine if you started showing up more as that real leader in your child's life, how that would affect your relationship, right? And again, we're seeing a lot of dictatorship on this planet. But, and that's part of the problem right now. We don't really have, like, we don't have Mahatma Gandhi's. We don't have a Martin Luther King. We don't have a Rosa Parks or a, you know, a Mother Teresa. We don't have that kind of leadership right now. And I did a leadership um, training with Tony Robbins. I've done a lot of different leaderships. And I remember they had Mark Devine. He's one of the world's top Navy SEAL guys. And I remember him standing up on stage because it was down in San Diego where the Navy SEALs train. And everyone was like either happy about this whole Trump thing or angry. And I remember it was like, he just stood up there and he just said, we're looking for leaders. But the problem is we don't have leaders. Mm. And he said, the leader you're looking for is you. 
-hmm. And I remember that just hit me, like just not only just as a person, but as a parent and as a wife. And it was like, yeah, the work is for me. I got to show up as a leader. You know, we're all looking for leaders. So when you develop your internal leadership ability and be a real leader, you impact everyone. Like you're saying, Elena, you impact your parents. I mean, I impacted my husband so much. I've been working in this area for 25 years. My husband and I are totally opposite. And when I started working with Bob, my husband was like, I don't know what you're doing, but I want to work with you. And I remember almost falling over my chair. Now, it wasn't about me because many wives or girlfriends, right? They're like, they try to change. We try to change people. That's what a dictator does. Mm. We don't want to change people. We want to change ourselves. Mm -hmm. And when we change ourselves, you know, people want to follow a real leader. They're not forced to follow a real leader. They're like, I'm following you because something you're doing is working and it's making me feel good. That's what we want to do to our children and to everybody around us. Right? Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, I, I, I'm curious about the story about your husband, but I can, I can imagine that because I, I know so many, so many like classic like healer lady with like super, like uh, I'm from Alberta, so like it's an oil rig husband kind of combo. Oh, that's my husband. You know, it's like yoga, yoga. Like we're yoga. in heavy equipment, forestry. Yeah. yeah. And then I am yoga healing, you know, yoga studio in our home for 15 years. I cook Ayurvedic for the last 15 years, you know. You know, sitting with Robin Sharma, Tony Robbins, my husband couldn't even stand these people. And he's just so like, like steak and potatoes. And yeah. plus, like I also cook vegan and then cook him his wild meat, you know. So I've always been very flexible. Yeah. But I think that was part of my programming, just to share with you. It was, you know, I wanted to change him. That's what we all want to do. It's like, well, you know you know, you, you need to do this and you should try this. And so what did he do? He did what our children did. He completely, um, you know, he, he just avoided everything and rebelled anything. Like I'd even like, I'd cook Ayurvedic and I'd find like Burger King in the garbage can. And I remember being like, Oh my God. Right. Wanted to freak out. Sure. I remember when I started working with Bob, in this material because it was not about him it was about me it was about my big goals and dreams it was about me developing myself yeah. and I remember Bob saying the rest is none of your business and I just did my work and I was shocked like literally shocked because I had spent a significant amount of time in training I had so much training yeah. and I remember my husband being like he didn't even know who Bob Proctor was yeah and I remember him just being like I don't know what the heck you're doing. And my husband's a very successful corporate businessman too. Yeah. So coming from me, the healer who he thought just gave more than she received too, he just didn't, he didn't really, um, I guess, respect some of the ways that I operated in my life either, right? So we weren't aligned and actually it almost ended up in a divorce. Mm. And I, oh, I've, I've never attached to that, by the way, ladies or whoever's watching or gentlemen, it's like, you know, sometimes we do come together with individuals and we learn and grow and sometimes we grow apart. But that's kind of the point where it was at with my husband. I was like, I just can't even deal with him, right? Like we're so opposite. Yeah. And the more I did my internal work, I realized that he was just mirroring my own crap that I didn't want to have to look at. Mm -hmm. And that's really, truly where the magic is. And then all of a sudden, my husband's been a client for the last year. And wow. then my son came seeing his mom and dad and how we show up and, and studying this material. My son came to me at Christmas and said, 
mom, I want to work with you and Bob. And I was like, I was just like, because most young preteen and teenage kids do not want to do what their parents are doing. So again, that's leadership. Yeah. It's leadership. And, and I'm just saying, I've made a lot of mistakes, but it feels really good when you're doing something good because it's like, huh. Again, your results always show you the truth. Always. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I can imagine like your husband with his Burger King in the garbage, like on subconscious, like you like wanting to sneak treat like junk food. You know, it's like I'm cooking Ayurvedic and like the best parts of you want that, but there's like full shadow bits that once you clean those up, it's like the food gets cleaned totally. up. Totally. Totally different. Yeah. Totally. And that's that also shows that for me, it was more just sustainable, conscious, you know, we don't want to support factory farming and we want to eat in balance, you know, and, and, and just being that, of course, my husband would have to mirror, you know, a little bit of extra weight and not taking care of him. So then he's living with me who is all about her and your health and, just completely opposite. And it's really been interesting. Again, this is what we want to do even as parents is we just really want to model that leadership. And it's the rest is really none of our business. But I noticed this even with my kids. Like, I mean, I've been a Vipassana practitioner for years and had my own Buddhist teacher that I've worked with for years. And I've been, I, you know, get up in the morning and I sit, you know, I always sit no matter what for five, most times for about 30 minutes. And Sometimes my kids just come and they just sit beside me. They'll just sit. And it's like, I don't make them sit. They just see me do that every day. So all of a sudden they're like, oh, mom's just sitting. And since they were little, sometimes one will just crawl up right in my lap. Or or they'll sit there and they'll like, you know, go, um, you know. Again, they're just, they're copying. Children copy everything you do. So if you want them to copy the healthy things, you got to be what you wish to see right? And you got to be authentic about it. Yeah, you got to be real about it. They feel it. children are so connected. They feel like I work with laws, right? They, they feel energy, law of vibration, they feel everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And again, it's like, I can imagine that the, if you are wanting, you know, if you've chosen healthy food from a fear of disease if you've chosen healthy food from pushing away from you know meat or factory farming or whatever that is if you've chosen those things because of any sort of push away it's going to show up as shadow a hundred percent yeah wow i hadn't seen it or or you're gonna need you're just gonna yeah you're just gonna need to be triggered through that now um the cool thing is like even though i've always done this my husband's never been against it i guess but he's just been, we would just, again, we're just totally opposite. But of course I would need that mirroring. And now of course, because there's none of that there, he doesn't do any, like he's, I don't know. It's like, I'm thinking of back when my kids were first born, like when I found that, and I was just like, I'm cooking and you're going and buying like fast food. Right. Um, But I would have needed that mirroring. And remember, like, I just think of being a new mom. Like yourself, first of all, most of us have extremely poor self images. Again, your results are going to tell you about what's going on inside. That's your self image. Being a new mom, you know, you're breastfeeding, your body's out of like shape, you know, I mean, that rocks your self image. And if you already didn't have a great self image or you weren't brought up with a lot of confidence and praise and, 
you know, your parents didn't encourage you to dream and work with your higher faculties. Well, your self-image is already, let's face it, it's pretty shit. Then you add being a new parent, you know, trying to keep up to the Joneses or paying your bills and parenting. It is heavy. And that just, again, reinforces all the, I just say belief systems are short for BS, all the BS, right? It just reinforces all that. So you're going to need to have the reinforcement through outside forces. So, you know, like, isn't that interesting? And, and who is going to mirror that to you the most? It's going to be your partner. Mm-hmm. This is why a lot of women go from one partner to the next with, because it's easier to focus on outside, but I could, you know, save you a few marriages or maybe <laughs> boyfriends if you just do your own internal work and recognize that, well, I actually need this other being to do that because somewhere inside of me, I believe I'm not good enough, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just saying there's these beliefs that always pop up. I'm not mm-hmm. good enough. I'm unworthy. I'm unlovable. I'm stupid. I'm a failure. Well, that's why we're, I mean, I teach and work with laws, law of vibration. Everything moves, nothing rests. It's actually a primary law. Most people know law of attraction, but it's the law of vibration. That's why we uh, come in with certain relationships. We are so excited and love that person, but then there's just another us, whether we want to admit it or not. So that mirroring, and then what happens is we like full apart. And it's easy to project and blame onto that person, but it was never that person. I actually needed that person because on a vibrational level, I was a match to that person. And the gold was in doing my work. And as I shift that person, most likely will shift. And if they don't, they just don't want to be around me anymore. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. Right. There, there's a saying, one of my mentors is a Holocaust survivor, uh, Diedrich Walsak out of the choose again. I do a lot of what's called um, transpersonal psychology with Diedrich. And I remember him saying when I was contemplating leaving my own relationship and of course new kids and then relationship, it's just a lot. Right. And I remember Diedrich saying to me, you only leave if you leave out of love. Uh And I remember, like, can you imagine if you only ever left those relationships because you love that person enough that you were like, I love you enough to leave you, right? That doesn't happen. We leave because we're pissed off and we're projecting and playing the victim role. That's the only reason why we leave a relationship or most often. So you don't usually say, oh my God, I love you so much. You, you be, you know, it's time we've grown apart, like, you know, very not very often i've only met one person um well i now you've met two because um i've done that i got back together with my my son's dad six times wow and on the sixth time i was like i love myself enough to no longer be with an alcoholic and i love him even though i need to leave him because so you had the awareness yeah. yeah, you had the awareness. And of course, there's a good chance that you grew up with parents that either had addiction or had some yeah. something around that that would have attracted you to, you know, maybe being a savior or being a martyr or something, because you would have taken on some sort of a role with that, those relationships. Yeah, totally. Martyr, martyrdom and victim mentality. All right. And like, didn't, yeah. and, and that didn't come unraveled and like sort of be seen in my family until later after I'd left, after I'd done some bunch of healing around that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good for you because, well, and the thing is, it's like, yeah, you just, you experienced it however many times and then you were like, okay, so that's awesome. 
But you know, how easy is it now? You think of like divorce rate, 60%. Yeah. Um, it's so easy just to say, I'm done. It's your fault. Yeah. So uh, and we have a lot of children in the middle of that mix too. So I'm, I'm not someone who believes you should be married forever. I don't have any beliefs. Actually, I'm totally someone who doesn't put any beliefs unless they're love-based and faith-based. But, um, you know, oftentimes in my own life, I recognize that when I've been upset or wanting to leave a situation or projecting, the real work has been for me to internally do my own work. And then when I do, it's amazing how those relationships, whether it be my husband or friendships or, um, yeah, anything, how it magically works out, or it's just time to, in a loving way, to move on from that relationship. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And if you push, like same, same as with, with the food, if you push away, you're going to end up right back where you started push, you know, like, ah, you got to get out of my life. I don't like that. It's like, whoop, here's another one yeah. with a different face. I, I did so much travel and it was like, oh, I'd leave a place and I'd find exactly the same person who was like my best friend to begin with. And then the holy nightmare within like three weeks or something in the next place. And you're just like, what's going on? Like, why? Yeah. And that, that was sort of part of the, the process of realizing, oh my gosh, like I'm creating that like, oh, that person seems really intriguing. Why do they seem really intriguing? Well, and there's only so much good to be done in avoiding that person too. Like, yes, it, at some point it goes like, oh, that seems really intriguing. I'm just not going to go there. But that's sort of, uh, it's like a little bit of a band-aid because there is healing and there is um, powerful connection that can happen there and powerful healing that can happen when you go towards the thing that seems really challenging, but really exciting and then go, okay. And I'm willing to do the work to, you know, either continue for it to be exciting or to let it go peacefully when it's, when you realize you're like, wow, I actually like, I deserve to be treated better. And so I don't want to be um, saying yes to being in these kind of situations anymore, whatever that might be, whether it's addiction or romance. Addiction. Totally. And what a great way again, yeah, and what a great way to show leadership for your kids, right? Which is self-love, yeah. right? And, um, you know, because our kids are going to do the exact same thing. So, you know, we want to be really mindful. Um, we're just acting, again, out of the same programming that we got from our parents. Yeah. So we want to be mindful. And for me, like, it was very clear, you know, unfortunately, I lost both my parents very young. Mm. And... Um, my tipping point, which is part of my story, was, you know, my mom had died in a fire. She had relapsed. And she, I was 21, and my siblings were all younger. And I remember just, I'd already been down the path of self-development because of all the craziness in my life. But I remember being like, the buck stops here. It was very clear. There was so much pain. Like, that was my tipping point. I also got sick right after that. That's why I went into holistic health and healing because I cured myself of cancer and I had two, two children, which I was never supposed to have. But I remember being very clearly, and I think sometimes like in all the training I did with Tony Robbins too, we say, you know, use pain or pleasure. It is much better to use pleasure to start dreaming towards a goal than to get to a point, yeah. which is unfortunate that a lot of people got to get to where they're in so much pain. And literally I have clients too that do, they'll call me and they'll be like, I got, you know, um, I've maybe been connected to them on some level and said, Hey, like, let's start doing internal work. Ah, yeah, I will soon. And then all of a sudden it's like, they get a, they get this diagnosis of four stage cancer. Like you got uh, stage four cancer, you got a few months to live. Well, that's like a really shitty 
space to want to change it. I mean, unfortunately, that happened to me and it happens to a lot of us. But we want to do it. You know, if there's anything inside of you that's like, I have to do this internal work, like do the work, mm -hmm. just do it before it gets to that point. And yeah. for me, it was very clear. And I've had quite a few of those moments, even, you know, I have a very clear moment when I was five. And I remember being like, this is completely crazy. And I'm not like, I'm going to live differently in my life. Make that decision and just start moving towards it. Because if you don't, you pass this stuff down to your children. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we have to, I think, as parents take responsibility. We're not responsible for everything. And I think parents are too hard on themselves. Um, and I think the world we're living in, it's, you know, we really need to come back to more um, balanced and healthy practices where we're supporting each other, where we know like our baker and we know our mechanic and we're supporting more local and, and really community. Because once we, which is what's happened, once we create separation and we get so busy and you know, we go home, we close our garage door, we don't know our neighbors, these kind of things, this creates a disconnect. And this actually exacerbates mental health and addiction. I'm sorry, I'm going off in this direction, but I think that it's important that we do get back to basics. We do that internal work. We start connecting, creating community, reaching out for support. Um, this is like, this is the best leadership we can give our children. Mm -hmm. And it creates this environment where we all feel safe and supported. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when we have that, uh, the, the ability to move towards what we want rather than away from what we don't want, you know, when we role model that within ourselves, you know, we take proactive action. We are actively have visions and dreams. How many mothers have no dreams for their future? Like how many mothers yeah. don't know what they want for themselves in their lives? Parents, fathers too, right? It's like, um, but it does seem more common in mothers because there's just like everything for our children. Um, there's so, it's so challenging. And, and then, you know, you were talking earlier about saying, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, and how that's not what we want to do. When we create negative consequences for things, rather than asking them what they want, we're training them to move away from pain, which means that they're going to be able to tolerate more and more pain and end up with that like cancer diagnosis at 20 something or 30 something or 50 something or whatever, um, rather than creating a really a space that's based around pleasure and enjoyment and fun and, um, you know, and boredom, if that's part of it. And, and, really being like, okay, but if you're bored, like, why don't you start working on the thing that you want to work towards and, and go do that? Let's see what happens, you know? And I think it's really, really crucial to have our children be trained towards pleasure rather than away from pain. Because pain will happen naturally when we don't move towards pleasure. But if we aggravate that by having a really strong discipline or, um, yeah, really strong, like, discipline practice, in a, in a negative way or emotional yeah. consequences, you're losing my love because you're not doing this thing. Like that creates damaged children. Totally. And we don't want to do it ever out of like, again, unfortunately that's part of our programming is to have like negative consequences or to discipline the negative. Yeah. We actually want to put all our focus on the good. So yeah. like that would be another suggestion, like anytime, especially, you know, as parents and we are full and we are dealing with these kind of uncertain times right now, it's to really praise the good. This goes for your husband too, by the way. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, because of the time 
because of the way women's energy has gone, most women are overly masculine. Yeah. And what happens is we demasculize the men in our lives. We demasculize ourselves as well. I've done a ton of training on my energy work, and I did this with Tony Robbins as well. Anytime, like, your children, you know, especially your, like, your, you know, your husband changes the light bulb, like, he's your hero. You should be like, oh, my God, like, thank you so much. But women, oh, my God, you put it in wrong. That's the wrong light bulb, right? That we're demasculizing. And men, again, they just want to show up and, and serve you and support you. And, you know, they want to feel like they've got your back. And then you're sitting there basically um, tearing them apart and criticizing them. Well, and that's what we do with our children, too. We don't mean to, but we tend to put a lot of focus on the not so good. And then whether you're aware of it or not, because you're working with laws, they'll naturally start to continue to show up with that bad behavior because that's what you're focusing on. You want to focus on the good. Like, I'm so, you know, even if they didn't do a good job, you know, I was thinking yesterday, my son did dishes. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he did all the dishes, but he didn't clean up. And part of my programming, and I caught myself with like, God, why didn't he clean the sink? Why didn't he wipe off the table? Blah, 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 blah. That's the masculine energy. That's a dictator energy that wants to come in and say, focus on all the bad. Um, you know, but I also recognized there was something that triggered me before that, right? And so it's so easy to go back to that programming. Now I work with mindset, so I'm really fortunate. I catch myself. My focus was like, oh my God, Kingston, I'm so grateful you did the dishes. You, you did such a great job. I really appreciate your help. When you focus on the good, then your kids, your husband, your friends, they're going to show up and do more good. Mm -hmm. Where, where focus goes, energy is going to flow. So even right now at this time, I'm sure many parents are having a hard time motivating their children to be working on their schoolwork, mm -hmm. to be self, because they have to self-lead, or we want them to, especially if you're like me and you're working. You're like my life and my workload is busier than ever. Mm -hmm. So we have a point system in the house, and it was actually my daughter who wanted to do it with beads. So, for instance, um, at our school, they need to have three exercise play periods. Well, now that we're inside, you know, I find that well, they're not wanting to go outside and play and go for that hike, which makes me also have to be committed and responsible and to schedule it in. Mm -hmm. But every time they do what they're supposed to do, you know, they're getting points. And then at the end of the week, they can gather up their points and the children decided because they have a few things they want that it's going to go towards the monies to buy these things that they want, kind of like, mm -hmm. in a, like an allowance, right? Mm -hmm. So it's better to inspire through positive than to take away through negative. Mm -hmm. And that was part of my programming. So I'm sharing that because maybe it's part of yours. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to do it that way. That's, that's, we want to um, really lead by example and really motivate and give a lot of praise towards what they are doing good. And not everything good has to be praised, right? Like, it's like, no, you should just make your bed. That's just part of your, <laughs> that's just part of what you should do. But again, with our children, just like with the adults, just like I work with corporations too, we're all acting out of habit. So that's all a, a a paradigm is is that mental subconscious programming and there's only two ways we change it we change it through spaced repetition with mentorship that's accountability mm -hmm. or emotional impact and oftentimes like emotional impacts like 9-11 and it doesn't mean that that person will change long term it might in the moment but long term the paradigm might take over again mm -hmm. so it's what we do every day so even with your children 
you know, just work on one or two things that you're going to really focus and help them maybe shift. But I would say, if let's say it's getting them to eat healthier and then you're like constantly in the cookie jar or eating a lot of sugar, you're sending a really confusing message to that child, right? It's like uh, I work with clients that want to manifest an incredible partner. And that's what we do. We're working with law of vibration. You've got to be those attributes. If you want to attract someone who is supportive and loving and positive, and then you are negative and not supporting, and you're focusing on yourself, good luck. It won't work. You've got to be that, right? So that goes for your children and for everybody around you. I'm trying to cover all the areas, not just being like a parent. I know. It's important. It's important. The way you do one thing is the way you do everything, right? So if you if you if if you only work on how you're parenting, it's going to impact all the other areas of your life. If you only work on hundred percent, impact all the other areas of your life. And um, you know, I in this. I have to put that down. I was gonna put I was gonna put that down on my Facebook because I have a live page too. But I was gonna put on my profile. The way you do one thing is the way you do everything. Because Bob and I were talking about that yesterday, and then you just said it. So again. I really need to, it's so true, right? Even like, you know, when you wake up in the morning, are you rushing? Are you stressed? You know, um, are you, you know, is your bed not made? Like even as the parent, you know, and then, and then like that, you know, I would say uh, when your morning, when your day, that's why self-care is so important. Take that time, get your mind in order. Get your get your your day in order. You know, be a master scheduler. You know, do these things that you know are going to help you win, and you're going to be able to show up for your kids better. Your kids are going to feel better. And your relationships are going to be are going to be better. Yeah. So it's so oh, good. So beautiful. I I can just feel there's like a whole other conversation that we can have around like relationships. We talk so much about like the parenting aspect of it, but um, just in this last little bit, I'm like, oh, there's like a whole other episode around relationships and mindset and all that. So um, I'm yeah. really, really love to have another conversation with you um, for the podcast. And- I'd love to. It's so free flowing. I love it. Yeah. Um, I'm curious, uh, before we sort of wrap up for today, is there any other gems of wisdom that you'd really love to share with people? No, I would just say that um, there's no better time than right now. Really um, in yourself and you're worth it to invest this time and energy to do that internal work. I mean, the way I look at it, it's like Mother Earth has sent everybody to their rooms. It's time to start really thinking. How are you living? Are you living in alignment? Are you happy? Are you moving towards your dreams? And and are you living a joyful life? Are you playful? Um, I would really, I would just really um, hope to inspire you that there is no better time than the present. We have gone through these times on this planet many times. We call them epoches, where there's been extreme economic or disease. We've experienced this many times. Now we know that during this time, it's kind of like a rocket ship. It's like building momentum. There's this time to go in and do that internal work. Even, you know, looking at your business, where have their, you know, where's their holes in the business? Where is the business like out of alignment? Uh, Maybe it's even with certain um, employees. Like, what do you need to change? Even in your home, everywhere, look at every aspect of your life 
and start, you know, make that investment, get a mentor, get a coach, start working with material, start studying um, and creating those habits that are going to move you forward because this is a rocket ship time. And we know that during these times, there's a lot of people after this that not only survive because a lot of people are not going to make this and it's unfortunate. It's just the way that it works on this planet. You will not only survive, but you're going to, you're going to thrive if you do what you need to do. And I would just encourage you, if there's anything inside of you, just maybe anything we talked about or anything that just you were drawn to, go in, do the internal work, make the decision, and just stop making excuses and procrastinating. I mean, this is the time. We've got time. Mm -hmm. And um, there's really no better time than right now. Awesome. Oh, thank you so much, Tara. I so appreciate your time today and the wisdom that you've shared. It's been a beauty, beauty to be with you. Um, if people want to get through you and if they want to share, you know, engage with your work somehow, what's the best way for them to do that? Um, well, you could email me at Tara, T-A-R-A, at TaraPilling.com. Do you want me to put it in your chat box here? I don't know if they'll see it. Um, I have it. Put well, it here. It goes in the show notes, yeah. Okay, good. So um, you could email me and I also have a live page. Um, I have the link. But I would say just email me. Yeah, you can include the link. You know, I've got like different platforms through Instagram and through Facebook. And uh, yeah, I'd be happy if you have any viewers that want to hop on a call and want to get a little bit of guidance. I'd be happy to really gift any of your viewers um, some of my time. I, I'm very full. But I would be happy if you know, Alina, or you're really engaged or something's just really got caught your attention. Mm -hmm. I'd be happy to book that time, like a 30-minute session to help you get some alignment and order. Order is heaven's first law, Thomas Troward from like the 1800s. So you want to get order. And I'd be happy to hop on a call with them and help. Thank you. Sure. Yeah, thank you. I know you're busy. And so that's so generous of you. And I really appreciate you, you offering that to the listenership. That's really beautiful. Thank you so much to everybody who's been listening. Bye, everybody. Yeah, Bye. it's been really great to be here with you, Alina. Thanks for the invite. And I can't wait to have another conversation with you. Great, great. Thank you. Hey, 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 hey. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. Before you go anywhere else, just do me a favor. Like, subscribe, and comment. If you got something amazing out of this video, let me know what it was. If you're feeling really generous, I would absolutely appreciate it if you shared it on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever your favorite platform is. There is so much to be shared and so much to be seen and so much to be revealed and so much to be healed. And I'm here with you all the way. I see you. I love you. I'm here with you. I am you. And I love you. Thank you for being here with me today. Have a beautiful day. Remember to smile a little bright in somebody's day and you'll feel way better for it.